was a challenge for me. Now I love delegation because there's a there's an element of trust in it. But truly, you have your zone of brilliance, systems and processes. I have my zone of brilliance, getting the best out of people in an empathetic, listening, compassionate way. Then trusting others who are better with us in their zone of brilliance to just let them be and let them let them shine it is the most once you it's hard you gotta let it go because this is our baby right yeah. this, is, this is our business our baby this is our movement our passion this is where we make our impact but letting go and watch and empowering other people and just letting them shine and teach us how great they are and vice versa it's just this beautiful thing Heroes are an inspiring group of people, every one of them from the larger-than-life comic book heroes you see on the big silver screen to the everyday heroes that let us live the privileged lives we do. Every hero has a story to tell. The doctor saving lives at your local hospital, the war veteran down the street who risked his lives for our freedom, the police officers and firefighters who risk their safety to ensure ours. Every hero is special and every story worth telling, but there is one class of heroes that I think is often ignored. The entrepreneur, the creator, the producer. The ones who look at the problems in this world and think to themselves, you know what, I can fix that, I can help people, and I can make a difference. Then they go out and do exactly that by creating a new product or introducing a new service. Some go on to change the world, others make a world of difference to their customers. Welcome to The Hero Show. Join us as we pull back the masks of the world's finest heropreneurs and learn the secrets to their powers, their success, and their influence. So you can use those secrets to attract more sales, make more money, and experience more freedom in your business. I'm your host, Richard Matthews, and we are on in three, two, one. Hello and welcome back to The Hero Show. My name is Richard Matthews, and I am live on the line today with Tommy Breedlove. Tommy, are you there? I'm here, brother. So excited to be here, Richard. Let's do this. Awesome. Glad to have you here. Let me do a quick introduction for... Um, our listeners who may not know who you are. Um, Tommy Breedlove is a Wall Street Journal and USA Today best-selling author and Atlanta-based business relationship and mindset coach who is regularly featured keynote speaker at global events. We were actually just talking before you got on here that you spend a, your second home is Delta Airlines. Um, <laughs> they treat so me well. Before, <laughs> before we get too far into this, what I want to talk about first is what it is that you're known for. Why do people... Um, why do people reach out to you? What, are they, what is it that you're, uh, you're known for now? So I am known for being a corporate executive who almost lost everything, who completely transformed his life. And now I guide others to live with purpose, passion, a life of significance and fulfillment, but without compromising their ambition or drive for success. So I, uh, I learned my, uh, my, tra my craft and my trade through pain, brother. And now I guide, <laughs> I say I'm in the purpose and pain business. And so, um, and this has been over the last two months, it's really cool. What I'm truly known for now is helping myself and others build and live legendary lives. And so, so proud of that. <laughs> That's really cool. So um, tell me a little bit, how, how do you do that? How do you help people today? Is it um, like one-on-one -on -one coaching or just speaking? What are, what are the ways that you actually do the, uh, do the helping? 
Yeah, so I do in three ways, actually four ways. So I'm regularly a speaker on podcast and um, on stages. So it could be at corporate events or private business events or at large trade organizations or other things. So a lot of public speaking. But I also run a one-on-one coaching and through masterminds and one-on-one coaching, I help people with their business, their mindset, their money, their relationships. And so um, it's been just a beautiful journey that fell in my lap. If you would have told me seven years ago that I was going to be a a business mindset and relationship coach and run masterminds and be on stages speaking, I would have laughed you out of the room. And so this found me and it's a calling in life and I'm so fulfilled by it, brother. Awesome. That's really cool to hear. Um, I love it when you have, especially, you know, uh, this point in your life, you're like, everything was building up to something and then it's a massive shift and change. Whereas like, you know, my life was like at 13, I was like, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. That's like what I've been doing for (laughs) for 20 something years now. Um, And you're a hero. That's my wife. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, That's funny. So, so, um, Tell me a little bit about your origin story, right? Here on, on this, this show, we talk, every hero has their origin story. It's where you started to realize that you were different, that maybe you had superpowers and maybe you could use them to help other people. How did that go down for you? Yeah, I, I, so my, my story starts in South Atlanta in a good, solid, blue-collar part of the world. Um, grew up, I, I, I certainly didn't grow up poor, but I grew up in humble beginnings. No one in my um, family had ever gone to college or graduated college. I'm actually the first, so that's a really big accomplishment for my family. But here's the sad, honest truth. I grew up in and around violence, uh, mostly inside the home, but also outside the home of every kind. And so the worst thing that happens to you as a young human or a young boy is um, when you experience uh, certain types of violence, you over time become that violence. And so my origin story um, through that begins at 18 years old, um, looking to be the first person to go to college and uh, commit a violent crime. And so I thought my life was over. I thought I, I was facing seven years in prison. Um, and by the grace of, uh, God and some good lawyers and, and divine help, um, it was dropped to misdemeanors, but I was sentenced to two years with one year suspended and ended up spending my 19th birthday in jail. So not college or business in my future, it was jail. And so, um, picked myself up and dusted myself off and went from jail to a nuclear waste container factory as a machine operator to school at night to the University of Georgia to Deloitte and Touche, which is a large public accounting and financial consulting firm in three years. And so I went wow. from jail to Deloitte is like, <laughs> you know, the cage to the corner office. And so, um, and so I just put my head down and worked. And I, I thought at the time that the more money, success, power, prestige, and shiny things that I acquired the happier I would be. And so I went down and I just shot up through the ranks. Um, I just worked really hard at these big M&A, mergers and acquisitions, financial consulting firms, and made it all the way to the top. And when I realized that, um, and I never, and here's part of the hero's journey, I never dealt with some of those wounds from my past. I just thought if I was successful and made money, yada, 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 I would be happy and fulfilled and that you know, this is, this is the dream that I'm on, um, the entrepreneur and, and corporate dream. And when that didn't fulfill me at 36 years old, I turned, when the power didn't fulfill me, the next big check didn't fulfill me. And I was a principal at, at this new firm. So I made it almost to the top. 
and um, started turning to all the bad things in life. So if there was a hundred things not to do as a young executive, I checked off 90 of them. And I found myself after like three days of just complete debauchery, laying in a ditch somewhere in Atlanta, looking up at the sky, I was probably doing some multi-million dollar deal two weeks before in, in some CEO's office, found myself looking at the sky and said, I don't know what this is, but this, I'm not going to do this anymore. I am going to figure out what's wrong. And so I went on this mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual journey just to find me. I didn't quit or leave the firm. I just decided to make me my full-time job. And uh, when I went on this massive transformation of me and started developing unconditional love for myself and self-respect and start to master my mindset, you know, the squirrels in our head that tells us we're not yeah. good enough and actually start dealing, you know, healing some of those wounds. And we all have wounds from our, from our origin story. When I started healing those, the most amazing thing happened to me, brother. That's when my money, my success, my network, my friendships, my relationship with my wife, it just went 100x up. And I went from junior partner in the firm to senior partner to being a, to elect to actually owning part of the practice and elected to the board of directors at 39 years old. So I was at the very top of my game just by doing hard work and investing in myself every day. But here's the cool part. Here's when I knew I was going to help others. All of these other alpha men and women who are driven and want to succeed and want to build businesses and, you know, lawyers and uh, entrepreneurs and corporate executives and managers, people in my network started reaching out to me for help. They're like, hey, man, I don't know what you did, but you seem to have peace of mind. You seem to be fulfilled and living with purpose but you didn't give up your ambition, your success, or your dr drive for, for money or, or just to, to make impact in this world. How do you do it? And about the 15th person that reached out to me, I'm like, this is a business and a good one and a very fulfilling business. And so I sold my equity in the firm and um, resigned. It took me a little while to do that because you just don't walk away from a big, <laughs> big gig yeah. at the top of the game. And um, started doing uh, business, money, mindset, and relationship coaching, and it has exploded, and it's been the most fulfilling thing. So my superpower is to help get the absolute best out of other people with no judgment and walking the journey with them. I'm not a guru on the stage or a psychologist behind them. I've walked the journey. I walk it every day. And that's where this book, this playbook came out, Legendary. And it's, it's a guide to help people build and live a legendary life. And the reason I picked Legendary in a world of constant self-promotion, that's the one word that society, our peers, and our family give to us. And we can be a really great legend like an MLK or a great entrepreneur, or we can be a horrible one. Mm -hmm. And so to me, it's a playbook about how do we build toward financial freedom? How do we conquer our time and our mindset? But also, how do we do that without losing the relationships of our families and others? And it's what worked in my life, and I've seen it work in countless, countless, countless of others' lives, and that's why we put it in a book form, and that's what this movement and my superpower are all about, my brother. <laughs> that's a, a really, uh, really powerful story. Um, I, I, I relate to the waking up in the, uh, in the street, looking at the sky thing, not personally, but cause it's something my, uh, my dad told me, um, when he was, uh, serving in the military in Germany, he, he mm. had a, uh, you might call it an evening of debauchery, um, <laughs> like you were talking about. And he, uh, he, he doesn't remember much of what happened on the evening after the first couple of drinks started, but he remembers he woke up 
and it was three days later and he was under a car on the side of the road in like the ice and snow and he was like that is just the worst ever to wake up and not know where you are where you've been or how you got there and know that like you were in a place where you could have been killed (laughs) and it's humiliating Um, as well because you know better and we want better and we desire better and we are better and you have this moment of what and it's this moment of pure accountability too it's like no one puts you here but you now it's time to get up dust yourself off and move forward and that's what we did sounds like your dad did that too yeah, my dad was uh, my dad was excellent, um, and you know he's. So he, I, I tell I tell people all the time he's uh, he's one of the primary reasons I have the success of my life that I do because of uh, the way he raised me. So sounds um, like he's legendary. Yeah, yeah, he totally is. Um, and uh, but yeah, I, I I understand like where where that can you know lead people, and then to to realize that you can pick yourself up and move past that um, and still succeed in spite of it. Um, I've done it uh, twice. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to do it a third time, my man. (laughs) Third time's a charm, they say. You never know, right? If you go from, you know, from, from jail to the top of your game in one spot to debauchery to walk away another game. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows where you'd end up if you did it again. Uh, So I want to, I want to dive in a little bit um, on your superpower, right? So, the superpower is what you do or build or off this world that helps solves problems for people. And the way that I've been framing this recently for my guests on the show has been like, if you, if you look at your set of skills that you have, um, the superpower is the one thing that sort of is the common thread between all of your skills. The thing that you notice is, is really the driving force behind any of the skills that you have. Um, and, you know, like for me that I've discovered that was like systems and processes. And like the reason I'm good at a lot of things is because I'm really good at understanding the system behind something and I can pick it up really fast because of that. But just because I've picked up, you know, I can pick up piano and like I might piss my wife off in like three weeks. Um, <laughs> uh, but I'll never be like fantastic at it because that's, you know, piano is not my superpower. It's just learning systems and processes is where that is for me. And, you know, I can pick up new skills really quickly because of it. I'm just curious for you, have you ever thought about it in that light? Like what is the one thing that sort of energizes the rest of my skills? I think the one thing that energizes most of my skills and it's a soft skill. I think it's, it's empathy and compassion and it comes from non-judgment. Um, so similar to you, I've, I am a superstar when it comes to all things, money, wealth building and teaching people how to make their business profitable, more efficient in both personally and professionally. I was taught that by some of the best in the world and practiced that craft for over 20 years. But using that craft um, that I was taught and that I studied, but because of my background, because of my story, people trust me because I don't judge them and I give them the gift of going second. I'm very raw, vulnerable, and honest about what I've been through from the tragedies to the triumphs, the mistakes. And I do it with humility. And that helps very ambitious, driven people. Not only do we help them, you know, be as successful as possible, be the best leader as possible, make the most money as you can and make the most impact that you can. But how do you do this with, you know, also cultivating, you know, your mindset, your unconditional love for yourself and having the best relationship you can with the people that are important to you. And so my superpower is taking all of this, these crafts that I've learned in helping get the best out of others in a non non judgmental 
um, loving, caring, empathetic way. And I think that's where it starts for me is I just truly, truly love people. I don't have a, a really problem with envy and jealousy. I want them to be as successful and happy as possible. And I think my honesty that I walk this journey with them. Um, I think that's what separates me from others. I, I get the four, like I work with coaches. I'm in a mastermind. I have a psychologist. I'm walking this journey every single day and everything I ask them to do or the homework or the stepping in and leaning up to get their best life possible is the same stuff I do each and every day of my life. And I think it all begins where we serve ourselves first and you're on this journey because you're doing a lot of body biohacking to be the best possible version that we can be so that we can serve our communities, our businesses, our families and our friends as best as we can. And so I think that's my superpower. That's a pretty long winded answer, but I hope that, I hope that made sense. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I actually, I really like that too, because em empathy is one of those, one of those soft skills that people don't realize how powerful it is. Um, and my, my business partner and best friend in a lot of things um, has that same skill set. Um, and it is amazing to me how quickly he can get another person to open up and trust him completely. And the, the, my wife has that skill as well. And it it's is, beautiful. yeah, it, it's, it's a skill because it's not something, it's not something you can fake, right? You can't nope. pretend to care about someone. You can't, you can't just wish that they have a, you know, they have good outcomes. You have to like, you feel it in your bones that you really want them to succeed. Right. Um, and, and, uh, that's, that's a, uh, it's an amazing gift to be able to give someone else to really hear them and to really care about them. Um, and then when you have that as a starting place, when you bring in the skills that you've learned in your business over, you know, on top of that, it really gives you a, uh, <laughs> um, a powerful way to help those people. I agree. And, and it's either you have it or you don't too. And it's something you can yeah. continue to cultivate and you do that through the work and the craft. But it also, I always say to all people, two ears and one mouth. <laughs> There's a reason we have two ears and one mouth. Now we're on this show to talk. So that's a little different, but uh, I think it's deep listening. I think it's empathetic listening. I think it's compassion listening. And when you really stop and listen to the other person and you get completely in the here and now, and we're not thinking about the next thing we've got to say or what, what next deal we have or thinking about the past and you get fully present with people and you come from a place of service and you can really hear their wants, their needs, their desires. And, and it's a beautiful, beautiful thing for those of us. Sounds like your wife, your business partner. It's also somewhat of a curse. And so you have to be careful with boundaries because when you take on other people's needs, desires, wants, and or issues, you know, we all have our wounds and our insecurities yeah. and our fears. None of us are alone in that world. We have to make sure that we not only work on ourselves, but also set up healthy boundaries so that we don't absorb some of that empathy and compassion that we have. Yeah. It's an interesting thing too, because you have to, uh, you have to protect yourself, but being, but having, having empathy as your superpower means that you don't think about yourself first right, That's right. Um, and so you have to you have to train yourself to do that um and, and that's why uh, I have coaches and mentors all around me to crack that whip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what's, just as an interesting aside, this is actually something that uh, my business partner and I chatted a whole bunch about this last month was I, I have the skill set of empathy, 
but it's mm. not a it's not like a, a foundational level thing for me it um and it's something that i have taught myself because of the whole systems and processes things i can see the like the reason it works and how it works and then like when um and we've actually talked about this like you know when he'll talk to someone and um his his like first thought is how do i you know how how can i like find the best thing for them mm. and like it's the same like that that's someone who's got empathetic like naturally is just doing that like it just comes to them that's how they think and like my same approach i might have the same like this i might say the same thing or do the same thing with someone but the way i got there was because i'm like looking at all these different <laughs> different like inputs and like this whole system that goes into like okay i know this would be good for them that would be like i end up at the same place so it's like a uh, it's it, for me it's a learned thing it's something that i have to think about um and put effort into to get to that place so it's it's cool to work with people who have that as just like an innate gift if that makes sense oh totally but isn't it cool though that's what makes the world go around as we all have these superpowers and and talents and yeah. desires and systems processes are just important as the work that we do i would be completely worthless without a unbelievable team and systems and process of people around me i would just be a, a balloon that floats away uh, literally a balloon <laughs> But, you know, that we all use our, as long as we're all using our skills to be of service to others in some way through our entrepreneurial craft or whatever, our work, both in and out of, out of the business. It, it, I love, I love the, the thing of humans and we're all got our talents and yeah, watching it all work doing. together. Uh, we'll watch it all work together. <laughs> my favorite like real world aspect of that is if you ever go to um and i'm sure atlanta's like this you know I, I grew up in southern california so like san diego la traffic to me blows my <sighs> mind because there are and, and not not because traffic is like like traffic is horrible i don't like being in it but i love watching it because it's like all these individual people that are all you know they're all all by themselves and yet they're all following the same set of rules and it's like it is surprising how very little we all crash into each other and kill everyone. Um, because and another example would be the airport. The other, yeah, the watching airport. an airport is a very good example of that as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you see that a lot with all the traveling you do. Oh, it's. I actually am thinking about writing a book on it about what I experience and watching an airport. And um, I don't want to go too too down that path, but it's. I'm actually highly considering writing a book on it, and it <laughs> it would be very interesting with those travels. But yeah, it's 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 fascinating. Just this whole human life journey is fascinating to me. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah I I completely agree. Um, and you know that's why actually why you know why we do shows like this one because I think really getting to understand other people's stories and hearing their stories is what makes the world go around. So totally, and knowing we're not alone. Yeah. On some level, we all want to be seen, heard, and loved. All of us. We all want to be validated. We all want to be respected. And um, the flip side of that is we're all scared. Um, we're all insecure. We have all have these feelings of what if they figure out I really don't know what I'm doing or what if they know my deepest, darkest desires. And the key for this shows like this and just humanity is to know, cut the BS in that we're not alone. We're yeah. human. We all have the same human needs. You know, we can put whatever we want to out there on social media, on our resumes and our businesses. But at the same time, we just all want to be seen, heard, loved and respected. And we want to be safe. Period. <laughs> so cut all the nonsense. <laughs> safe and free and moving forward and doing things Indeed. that make us make us feel like we're coming alive. 
Indeed. So, How fortunate we are to be here to have this conversation, right? Absolutely. It also blows me away that we can even do this, right? Like 10 years ago, we couldn't have done this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're in two so, very separate places too. <laughs> yeah. So my, the flip side of that, and you, you just um, hinted on this a little bit, right? The, those, those deep, dark places. The, uh, in, on, in this show, we talk about the fatal flaw, right? And your fatal flaw, just like Superman has his kryptonite or Batman's not actually a superhero. He's just a super dedicated ninja. <laughs> the mm. fatal flaw in your business is something that you have to contend with for, with yourself that holds you back, that you know has hold, held you back. Um, in either your growth or in taking care of clients or whatever those, you know, something that's held you back and more importantly than what it is, but how have you dealt with it for people who struggle with the same kind of thing that are listening to the show? I don't mind telling you what it is either. I, I know it right off the top of my brain. I, and again, this is all part of being vulnerable and honest. Um, it come, it's perfectionism um, in needing to be put it like whether it's the book or coaching or speaking is needing to be perfect. And that's just the little boy wanting to be validated at the end of the day, by the way, that's, that's literally wanting to be affirmed and, and worried about what others think. And that comes from, and perfectionism for me leads to unrealistic expectations of myself, my team members, my family, and then even people I don't know. Um, and so I have these set of rules and expectations. And when you write a playbook for how to build and live a legendary life, imagine the pressure of that. And then all of a sudden the book does really well. And now I'm holding myself to even another higher level that, out, you know, perfectionism doesn't exist. And we're not in control of anything except our thoughts, our attitudes and our actions. And so letting go of the results, putting your best work out there and not letting it shut down the process and also not letting it, not letting it for me become a tyrant on myself first and then being a perfectionist tyrant on others and unrealistic expectations. And so how I deal with that every single day. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll start with the easy stuff. I have a coach and um, a set of mentors and they know this is one of my biggest, if not the biggest kryptonite I have. And they keep me moving. And I, every single day of my life, not only do I have coaches and mentors I check in with, I also spend a significant amount of time, um, both with a formal and informal gratitude practice. And gratitude for me helps me to be thankful for the things I have, uh, the fortunes. It gets me in the present moment and it gets me in a state of love and abundance as opposed to not being good enough perfectionism and fear. And so for me throughout the day, and we practice it as a team, it's almost cute and funny. You would, you would laugh at it is we're constantly telling each other what we're grateful for, um, even through the processes. And so, um, so for me, gratitude helps with control and perfectionism and the not good enoughs. Um, and finally, this is really, really cool is um, this was not my idea. Um, the person who runs my practice, our chief operating officer, and we call her catalyst of goodness, Miss Lindsay Nicole. She's, <laughs> she's a rock star. Um, she came up with this idea and it's just been life-changing for me and a team and herself is she sends like we're very open about our lives. So she has access to like who I'm going to dinner with and what I'm doing, like I'm going to yoga tomorrow morning and all of the business stuff that we do during the week. And she sends this amazing 
a gratitude congratulations email at the end of the week. That's the greatest thing I've ever read. And you get to go back and relive everything you did during the week with your family, your friends for fun and your business and in your life and what we accomplished. And it is the coolest thing I've ever seen because it just overwhelms you with uh, accomplishment that we've moved the ball forward with gratitude and that, Hey, we are actually making, so we're not constantly the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And that perfectionist kick in. So those are the Absolutely. That's, that's really cool. tools that I've implemented. <laughs> so, so I, I, I find that very interesting because that's actually my, my kryptonite as well is perfectionism. Um, and for me, there was two things that uh, really helped um, me get over that in terms of like actually shipping products and services to market um, because that was the thing that held my business back for the longest time was like, you know, uh, and my wife laughs at me, um, you know, cause I'll be working like on a website project for someone and I'll spend 25 hours trying to get a pixel to move over one spot to the left. <laughs> and she was like, that's just retarded dear. You need to stop. Um, but the, uh, <laughs> uh, and it's true though. Like I've, I've done that in the past. I'll spend a significant amount of time working on something that like nobody will ever notice um, <laughs> and keeping it from actually shipping. Right. And <laughs> I relate my friend. <laughs> you get it. You've been there and, or for, and I'm sure as, as an author, same kind of thing, you know, I write something and I'll go back and write it and rewrite it and rewrite it a hundred times. And my wife was like, it was good the first time. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> mm. I, I totally relate. Three years it took me to write that book. Three years. Yeah. That's insane. I get it. I get it. So for me, the the couple of things, one of them was a mindset shift that was given to me by, to your point, a friend and mentor um, who basically she told me that perfectionism is um, the lowest standard you can hold yourself to mm. because it's something you can never achieve. Right? So if Beautiful. you can if you can't achieve it, it's the lowest standard you can hold yourself to. He's like, so you, what you need to do is you need to hold yourself to a standard you actually can achieve, um, which uh, for me, it was ship the product, right? Ship the service, like get it out. Because <laughs> um, that's, a, that's a much better, um, you know, canon to measure yourself by than perfectionism because you can't hit perfection, right? Like you, you mentioned earlier. So that was the first one was just a mindset shift. That's genius. And a yeah. gift. So you just gave me a gift. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, yeah. Uh, but that was a, a mindset shift for me. Um, and realizing that, hey, every time I'm looking at something and trying to make it perfect, I'm, I'm devaluing what I'm doing. Um, mm. Which is, which is a, it's, it's such a cool way to reframe what you're doing in your head. Um, so that was the first one. And the second one for me was hiring a team, right? And actually um, getting a... Letting go letting go right um and being like i uh, and for me realizing that like the things that i'm good at you know going back to superpower is like i can get the systems process and get those things in place get things working and then just put it on the train and let someone else hit the button to make it live and get it shipped because <laughs> then it's not totally. on me to make sure it gets out um and so that has those are the two things that have really helped me get over my uh my desire to have everything be um more perfect than it can be um so I, I love that. And that was a challenge for me. Now I love delegation because there's a, there's an element of trust in it and all of us, you call it superpowers in, in, in the, the business and entrepreneurial world. And in my book, legendary, I call it your zone of brilliance. And for us control and perfectionist freaks is we think we can do it all, 
but truly you have your zone of brilliance, systems and processes. I have my zone of brilliance, getting the best out of people in an empathetic, listening, compassionate way. And then trusting others who are better with us in their zone of brilliance to just let them be and let them, let them shine. It is the most, once you, it's hard, you got to let it go because this is our baby, right? Yeah. This, is, this is our business, our baby. This is our movement, our passion. This is where we make our impact. But letting go and watch and empowering other people and just letting them shine and teach us how great they are and vice versa. It's just this beautiful thing. It's beautiful, beautiful. And my, uh, my favorite is uh, this podcast. Um, I started this podcast by myself like four or five years ago. And I got like eight episodes recorded. Um, and it was just so much work to mm. get all the stuff done that goes into like launching the actual shows and getting them all out. Um, and of course, I was still struggling with being a perfectionist then. So it was a royal pain in the ass. And it was like eight hours of work for every one hour of podcast we recorded. So it languished for years. Horrible um, ROI, I, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, until I finally brought someone on um, who you've probably interacted with, um, my, my assistant, Mark, who, uh, who handles a lot of the stuff for this podcast um, and just did all of it better than me, like all of it. <laughs> um and and it's you're like you're, i don't know why i was holding on to that for so long right. because it's so much better to delegate it and like now um this my whole podcast like everything on here i don't do anything for this show like literally nothing um i show up and do the interviews because that's the thing that i'm good at and the thing i want to do Indeed. and then and then everything else gets delegated um so i i have wholeheartedly grabbed onto the delegation thing because it, it changed my life for the better in a lot of ways. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, you know, um, I, I just talked about her, Lindsay, who runs, she literally runs our business um, so that I can do what I'm good at. She's gotten so good at, no, Tommy, you're not going to do that. A, because you're horrible at it. And B, you're just not going to do it. Neither am I going to do it. This person's going to do it. And so it's good to have those people who hold us honest because then we'll yeah. try to circle it all back in and, and control it, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's, a, it's an interesting thing because, like, you, you want to do the things. Like, you want to do everything. Um, and, you know, for someone like me who's really good at picking up skills, like if my, my superpower essentially is I can pick up skills, which is not good for an entrepreneur who is trying to struggle with not doing all the things. <laughs> so it's like, I can get pretty good at design and get pretty good at copywriting and get pretty good at, uh, you know, at writing the books and putting the things together. And you realize that like, I shouldn't be doing all of those things. I got a really so, cool story about this. So I've got a, go, go a client. I got a client. He's he's about a fifteen hundred an hour guy, big advertising executive. <laughs> and he calls me just raging one day. He's a great client and just a, a beautiful human, and his craft is so special. But he had spent four hours repairing a printer in his house. Four <laughs> hours. And it was simply him fighting this printer that he could have gone out and probably paid a hundred bucks in a store and just bought a new one. And yeah. I was like, you realize you just spent $6,000 of your time fighting a hundred dollar printer. And he goes, I hate you. And he hung up on me. And then he calls me back and he's like, <laughs> he goes, you are so right. <laughs> and it just becomes this battle of ego and perfectionism and control. And I got this and I can do this. And this printer is not going to best me. It's just a cute story to magnify your point. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's uh, 
it's a it's a thing that I deal with regularly. Right? I mentioned earlier we travel full time, right? So I've got a house on wheels, um, yeah. and a car that's got wheels, and a trailer that we tow the car on that's got wheels. And you know, if you move your house around every couple of weeks, things break a lot. Yeah. Um, and my the whole being good at picking up skills things um, means that like I can do all of things. I know how to do plumbing and electrical and. Uh, um, air conditioners and like literally all of it. I know how to do all those things. And I like on our last coach, I actually did the renovations from bottom to top, everything um, on top of running my business and traveling. Right. So we did all that stuff and I certainly can. Um, but it was like this last year was a realization that I'm like, I'm spending so much of my own time doing things that I really shouldn't be unless I have a particular reason that I want to learn that. Cause I do actually enjoy learning skills and doing some of those mm -hmm. things. So like sometimes it's like, I'm going to do this because I just want to know how to do that but I have to know where my line is where it's like, okay, I'm doing this because I actually am going to enjoy it or I'm doing this because it's a good use of my time. Right. Um, and, and um, so I've been getting a, I mean, we just spent the last three weeks in a repair shop. I paid someone else to fix the radiator <laughs> on our coach. Eleven and a half thousand dollars later, but still. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, you know, I just, I didn't need to do it myself. I had other things I needed to do in my business um, that were more important for my, my time and my, uh, my skills. So. And it's baby steps, right, Richard? It's baby steps. But here's what we don't want to do as entrepreneurs. I mean, I, I also have a real estate portfolio that we have a real estate business that, that my wife manages. And um, what we do, we have to be careful of this, of all human, we, all of us as humans struggle with this. You know, we, we don't want to step over like, dollars to get to dimes and our time is our most valuable asset right and um, of all human beings because it's the only thing that's depreciating every second of every day and we don't know how much we have and sometimes we're penny wise and found foolish and we'll step over a, you know, a dollar again to get to a dime and we have to be very careful of that that we're not you know because time is just as valuable as money if not more valuable and so um, if you're doing it in service and in your business as an entrepreneur and to make impact in people's lives, that's where we need to be and let the others who are really good at radiators and fixing houses and roofs and plumbing, let them do their craft because that's what they're good at, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like to, to that point, one of the things in my own head that I've had to the frame shift for me has been that, right? Is like, I, you know, I can, I can do that work, but A, it's not going to be the best use of my time. And I'm depriving the other person who is good at that of the opportunity to use their skill, right? Totally. And to enrich my life, um, which is a weird thing, right? To because you have to sort of humble yourself to be like, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let this person, you know, be a benefit to me, um, and that's a that's a hard thing to uh, to let yourself do. It's so interesting, and not to related to this, and I see it all the time and very ambitious driven entrepreneurs and, and people in business. It is super easy for us to give impact and gratitude and service and um, speak into people's lives. It is ridiculously difficult for some of us to receive, um, whether it's Absolutely. gratitude, love, help. It's just like, we'll give it, but you know, but what we're denying the other person is the gift of, of giving that to us, whether it's a kind word, uh, love, help, um, skill, you know, it's, it's, it's just as much important for them to feel that when they give it to us. So I, I think it's something that we as a society need to become better at is receiving.
I really do. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree. And it's it's one of the things I've been, that's that's like the thing I've been working on for getting myself out of doing things I know I shouldn't be doing is is trying to just engender that skill of realizing like, I need to be good at receiving and I haven't always been, right? Totally. And it's like, no, and I, I think some, it's it's my just my own thinking on it. And I'm not sure how true this is because I haven't really like thought it through is it's a, it's a selfish thing that like I, I want to feel like I'm self-sufficient. Mm. Um, and if I, if I receive from someone else, I'm no longer self-sufficient, which is a lie, right? But, um, but it's a lie we tell ourselves. Um, and anyways, it's, um, I think it's a, it's a good practice to say yes and to accept things when, even when they're given, right? Like, uh, uh, you know, in American culture, you know, like buying dinner for someone else is like a big thing. And, you know, getting to a point where you can, you know, uh, in my business where I can take my family out to dinner and stuff like that um, is a cool place to be in your, in your, in your life. But at the same time, when you go somewhere else and someone's like, Hey, can I pick up dinner for you? And you're like, to just say yes and accept it is a hard thing. Um, And, um, and it shouldn't be. Um, But anyways, that's, it's just a a thing I've been thinking about in my head. (laughs) And you're not alone, Richard. We're all, we all, a lot of us, not all of us, a lot of us struggle with that. Like, and it's on on some level, it's not just self-sufficiency, but for some of us, and it sounds like for you, it's also for some of us, it's, it's, letting go of our egos and letting them validate us instead of us having to validate ourselves. Like, no, I got this. Yeah. Let me pick it up. <laughs> yeah. Let me pick up the check. Let me do the thing. All right. And I just had a, I had a, a friend of mine an old client, you know, we were in, uh, um, in Vegas and he was like, Hey, let me take you out to dinner. And he, you know, took us out to dinner and bought us like Wagyu beef and like you know, nice drinks and so stuff like good. that. And I was like, it's so cool. But at the same time, it's like, you know, just being able to say thank you instead of being like, no, let me pick up the check. <laughs> Yeah, um, is like, that's a hard thing. Um, and it, I don't know, it's weird that it's hard, but it is. It's a muscle too. You've got to work it. You know, you got to constantly work at it, right? It's just a muscle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I want to...